Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good evening, everybody. It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're keeping your mind active. As I've stated before, it's really important to stay social, make those phone calls to friends and loved ones, have those conversations, read those books, listen to that music, do whatever you can to enjoy the time in lockdown. I know here in Chicago, we've got another 30 days left. I know parts of the country and parts of the world are starting to open up a little bit. Hopefully, we're getting back to what's been called the new normal, and everybody continues to practice social distancing and other things that, you know, like wearing masks and gloves when you go out, so it helps uh, stop the spread of this virus. I'd like to welcome our next guest from Liverpool, England. One of the hot up-and-coming bands, the Mysterines, it is Leah Metcalf. How are you doing today, Leah? Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. I'm doing well. Thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. Been a big fan of your music here. Uh, Listen to the new single, Love's Not Enough, which we'll get into, but I appreciate you doing the show. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Well, we always start the same way every time we have a new guest on the podcast, and that is the essence of the show, which is the hook rocks. Like every great song, great rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? Um, well, I was brought up around uh, music as a kid because my dad was a musician. So um, I was introduced to, you know, to, uh, like alternative music quite early on. Um, I really liked The Strokes and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and uh, Kings of Leon. So I was, I suppose I had it quite early, so perhaps it was a subconscious hook maybe, but um, I used to like Jim Morrison as a kid and be quite intrigued by his whole demeanor and I suppose that kind of enticed me in perhaps to, to rock and roll <laughs> what was it about Jim Morrison I mean was it his presence on stage was it the lyrics in his song well as a kid it was, it was more about his yeah his presence on stage and how erratic he was I guess and uh, how sort of mean sounding his vocal was but also quite uh, soft so it was, it was just the blues sort of element to it and the erraticness of his 
of his stage presence, I guess, as a kid and as I grew up. Now, you know, as you evolved, you know, from being around your father, who, who was a musician, what was that moment where you wanted to be on stage? Was it that Jim Morrison moment? Was there another artist that, you know, captured your imagination about wanting to be on a, on a rock and roll stage in front of people? Um, weirdly, no. I, I think I never really had a moment where I was kind of like, I need to be on stage to express myself. It was, it was more about, um, I was writing songs and I just wanted them to be heard. So, and then the performance thing kind of came as I, you know, grew up and I kind of, you know, got into watching certain people perform and, um, yeah, it kind of, it kind of just became like about really, I didn't ever really feel like I wanted to be able to say it, I guess, but, um, here I am. So <laughs> now lyrically, you know, writing music, was there a song or a moment when you wanted to write music? Um, well, I've always been into literature from a very young age. Um, so I suppose expressing myself through words was kind of what ultimately came before I learned any instrument. I was always writing stories and poems as a kid, and I entered like writing competitions and stuff with my school. So I suppose I've always been more predominantly a writer, but I think the big turning point for me was perhaps listening to uh, Bob Dylan's records because he kind of had the whole, um, you know, amazing like words and lyrics mixed with mixed with music, which was also great and you know blues influence and stuff and folky. So Bob Dylan's probably my biggest um, inspiration in terms of writing and. He kind of, yeah, he's just, I just love him so much. And, you know, he's, he's the best, like, writer, songwriter there is to me. You know, I imagine when you're writing music, you know, and you're writing about a life experience or you're writing about something that happened to you, you know, there has to be a reconnection with that moment. And some moments are positive and some moments are negative that you write about. And when you write about something negative, yeah. there's that certain sense of vulnerability. There's that certain sense of exposure that you're reliving in a moment that may not have been the happiest of times. And you put that on paper, you put it yeah. to song, and then you present it to your audience. And then there's that moment where, you know, there's that has to be that connection with your audience. And it's a very, it's a, time of exposure it's a time of you know it's a that's a very weird thing or crazy thing to happen because you're writing about a moment you captured that that you know, like i said whether it's positive or negative and now you're allowing your audience to see inside of your mind of your heart or whatever how is that for you is that a is that a a um tough thing to do or to get past um, I think my write, when I when I write, I kind of have a almost separate uh, narrative for it. So I'm not ever. I don't think I'd ever entirely be writing from from me as as you know, Leah. I, I don't think it's ever me writing as my own experience fully. Even though if, if some things have derived from personal experiences or you know. I've kind of been influenced by a certain time in my life to write about it. I think it's more about, um, I kind of take on a persona almost when I'm writing and that helps me separate from the 
so I can kind of view it from the outside and you know sometimes you can add extra elements and stuff um the new single that you just released was love's not enough it's been out for a bit here um crazy video awesome video really enjoyed it if if anyone who's listening Thanks. wants to check it out it's it's got a great storyline and it's got a great uh, uh point of view and it, and it's really a lot of a lot of fun at the same time it's also yeah. has some underlying subjects that are important as well about relationships and about happiness and um yeah what was the thought process going into that video? How did you guys want to capture the song and and, and display it for people to absorb it visually? Um, well, I kind of wanted an underlying sort of, um, sort of funny, dark humor to it, I suppose. Um, and, I, and I watched a film called Buffalo 66, which is directed by Vincent Gallo and I kind of like how um, sultry their relationship is I suppose and kind of you know the the emotion the emotions are there but the kind of you know the outlet for them is not perhaps the most um, normal way I suppose of you know expressing emotions to someone that you care about but um, yeah I just kind of got I got a lot of influence from that um, film I watched and um, sort of new series that I'd watch on British TV called um, End of the Effing World, which Graham Coxon did the soundtrack for from Blair, which I really love that. And I kind of like the whole escapism vibe and, um, you know, runaway sort of relationship that's formed out of turmoil and, you know, they find a way of surviving together almost, but, you know, it's not always the best kind of way of survival it's just something you have to do at that time so I wanted to kind of convey that sort of you know naivety and youthfulness in the video the song again is Love's Not Enough you've also had singles over the last several months Who's Your Girl Take Control when you're writing with the members of the band how is that collaborative process how's the recording process well, um, I usually kind of um, write alone and, you know, kind of get the the formula of the song at, at its basic form, as strong as I can, before I take it to the band. Um, me and Callum actually write together, and we're writing the debut album sort of together now. So um, both of us kind of read a lot and... Um, watch you know a lot of films and stuff and kind of influenced by the same stuff so it works really well and we've got a really great creative relationship and it's it's you know it's really fun writing together but um well not enough in particular was written before he entered the band so um yeah i just wrote it up at home and took it to the band to do it and then we got it to strength played it live a few times and recorded it at the studio which was fun um we just wanted a whole like, you know, spring scene vibe, and we got some different instruments on that song as well, which was cool. And uh, yeah, that was it really. Not much to it. You know, as you're moving forward too with with um, with writing more music and recording more music, and we have the situation here with the coronavirus that's affecting everything globally. 
What's life like for Leah, for the Mysterines, while this quarantine, while this lockdown, while this virus is affecting so many people across the world? Um, well, I've tried not to acknowledge it too much, and I don't, I don't really watch the news or anything. And you know, I don't actually own a TV where I live, so I suppose I'm, I'm quite um, secluded from the whole thing, which is, which is a positive thing for me because I don't think I could kind of delve into that. Um, but yeah, I've just been writing a lot, reading a lot. Me and Callum have been writing the writing for the album in mind and just trying to stay productive really um, I think you know it's a good time to be writing and it's a good time to be learning new things and sort of you know taking time in and kind of reflecting on what you, what else you could do with your life not just one thing that maybe you've been set on for years so it's been quite a positive time for me <laughs> maybe not the rest of the world but um, I, I don't mind it too much you know, it's interesting because I talk to a lot of musicians and it's kind of 50-50 in, in how it's split. There are musicians who say it's hard to write and be creative during this time because as an artist, you need to experience life to you know, be inspired and to write music and to write about a particular subject. And then there's others that yeah. are, you know, are fine, are, are still have that creative juice because for whatever reason they're allowed or, or they have some inspiration in their life or they're allowing themselves to find ways to be creative. Are you kind of a mix? Are yeah. you kind of on one side? How is that working for you? Um, well, I think I'm, I've got a lot of inspiration around me. I'm fortunate enough to kind of, um, have a lot of you know records and books and, and films and um, fortunate enough that I've got people in my life who are also in, interested in the same stuff so I think um, in, in that respect I'm constantly inspired and you know I haven't really got an excuse not to be because you know I've got plenty of things that I can it, you know everything doesn't have to be from my perspective but you could write a song about you know perspective of a character in a film or whatever um so i think i've been doing that quite a bit um i wouldn't say that i think i i think it's quite a creative time for me personally i wouldn't say that i'm struggling at all but um i could definitely see why some musicians would and um the thing is with creativity it kind of you know ebbs and flows so it's kind of just that's the way it is you know sometimes even when you want to be really creative and you've got the passion in you to do it sometimes it's really difficult to get it out and that's just what writing's about it's sort of going with the process of it and just constantly feeding your brain with new stuff to kind of work with being creative you you never know when it's going to hit right I mean you could be dry in terms of nothing's inspiring you it's hard to put a song together it's hard to write a song and then there's moments where it's just flowing so you know, when, when, and it, you never know when it's going to stop. You never know when it's going to start giving like it does. So I imagine, you know, if you're in that experience now with everything going on, if you have it flowing, I, it's probably a good thing, I would imagine. Yeah. And, well, with, with creativity, you know, it's kind of just, I, I, I never find myself not being creative or, or, you know, my mind is completely blank. 
whether it's not writing, I, I usually kind of express it in a different way or maybe I'll get an idea to write a film or I'll have an idea to, you know, I don't know, do something else. I wouldn't take paint or draw. I'm definitely not an artist, but um, sometimes I get inspired by colour. You know, it doesn't... You can take a lot of inspiration from the world and even the current situation of the world as well. So, yeah, I don't really find myself being stagnant in this time, fortunately. Was there the plan or in place before this hit that you guys were going to take a little bit of a break to create the new album? So maybe this virus is kind of playing into what the Mysterines were, you know, had plans to do, or was this a now a new opportunity to create more material for the album? It's definitely allowed me a lot more time to create and, and focus on it a bit more, I suppose, and kind of pinpoint it in to exactly what we want the album to see. So in that respect, it is definitely a uh, blessing in disguise, I suppose. But, um, no, yeah, there was definitely time to, we needed time to write, but obviously we were, so, so that the year and plan that we had before this happened was, um, you know, a lot of gigging and touring and playing great festivals and stuff, which we're all very, you know, upset that we haven't been able to play them. But, um, I think it's a good thing not to kind of cling on to that because, you know, you can't really delve into what what would have been because that's just a waste of time. It's better to just kind of shift your focus to what, what you can do, which is, you know, write. And that's what me and Callum have just been doing, just writing the album and kind of getting to know the new sound that we want to propose. So, yeah. When you, you know, before this all happened, you know, you guys were playing out, you guys were doing shows. How has this affected the Mysterines with the momentum that you guys were gaining prior to this? Um, um, well, I'm actually sure. I haven't really thought about that, I suppose. I've just been focusing on the new material. But um, I guess that's where social media comes into play, which is something that I'm, not very good at and you know struggle to kind of use social media in a in a positive way before it starts affecting me negatively um on you know so i suppose social media in that respect for the bands and stuff is really good and if if we were really good at social media then i, I, I suppose it wouldn't have really affected the um, momentum but i don't know maybe it has maybe it hasn't but um people can still listen to the music and they can still you know, search online, and it's not like we've disconnected from society completely. So, I don't think it would affect it that much. And we've got a new single coming out in May. So, you know, I think as long as we can just keep stuff ticking over, it won't really um, affect the band. You mentioned social media, and now more than ever, it's very important for fans or for musicians to keep in front of their fans and to, you know, stay active with their audience. How do you guys manage that? I mean, how active yeah. are you? How do you connect with, with fans? Because it's different now. I mean, you have the ability to connect with people that love your music, whereas before, years before, decades previous, there was always kind of that separation between fan and musician or fan and band. And now you have the ability to have more of a personal connection. And I think that breeds more loyalty into someone's music or you know the band itself how do you feel about that how do you manage all that social media well I actually don't really handle it 
we've got someone who helps us out. But oh, sure. um, yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not great at the social media game, and it's not something that I really resonate with. Um, I just think, you know, I think it's a great thing, and I think it really puts hot fans, and it's great for the fans as well to kind of keep updated with their favorite musicians and stuff. But for me, I just I just really don't care about that, you know. Maybe I should, but you know, I can't really change that about my personality. I just, I just rather focus on writing and you know, staying creative. I just think social media has such a negative impact on on my mental health. So I just kind of try and not get affected by it too much, and I do what I can, obviously, and I try and I do like live streams and stuff, kind of connect with fans. But um, yeah, we're probably not as active on it as much as other bands you know social media is is a powerful tool but as it helps you connect with with people it also has the ability to isolate people because they start communicating through social media and they lack that physical connection or that physical contact you know so but Mm -hmm. you know with everyone being in the same boat you know with this whole lockdown and most people being in the same boat you know, I know a lot of musicians and bands are doing these, you know, sets on Facebook or doing these things on, you know, uh, whether it's Instagram or Facebook Live and showing fans and keeping them, you know, interested in their music. But all everyone does it differently. Everyone has their own game plan. Is that something that, you know, you guys have to be conscious of right now because you don't know how long this is going to be? You don't know what the new normal is going to be looking like as, as this ends? Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's just kind of. Uh, I, I think it's just showing me how important social media can have an effect on on connecting to your family and stuff. Um, yeah, as, as I said, I don't really, I don't really know too much about it because someone helps us out, fortunately, with it because I'm so terrible <laughs> at it. But um, yeah, I've just kind of been focused on just writing really, and when I can, I do, I do try and connect people and I'll reply to some messages from fans and stuff and um, I just kind of do what I can on what's right for me because it kind of puts a puts a different like uh, tone to my life I guess social media that I don't really like introducing it it can make me quite toxic to myself and creative so um, not creative sorry um, so yeah I, I don't really kind of think about it too much Playing live is another way for musicians and bands to connect with their audience. It's a way to get that adrenaline rush, you know, when you get out on stage and you see all those faces staring at you and enjoying your music. Have you missed that, you know, while this has all been going on? I mean, have you had a lot of cancellations as a result of this? And this has, how has that affected you? Um, we definitely canceled a lot of gigs or festivals that we canceled. Um, I didn't really miss it initially. Because playing live can sometimes be quite um, intense for me, but uh, I didn't initially miss it. But it was only quite recently, actually, that I realised that um, when a festival we were supposed to be playing was happening, which is a festival I did, I wasn't looking forward to playing. Um, I did kind of think back to playing live and stuff, and our headline tour and how fun it was. So I did, I did actually. Have a bit of nostalgia, I suppose, which made me miss playing gigs and being being with the um, 
the band and sort of, you know, just having fun really. It was more just missing kind of the element of of mis- mischief, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I guess I am missing playing live now. And especially now we've got some new songs and stuff, it's kind of like, well, I can't wait to play them live and you can only just sit here and imagine what they'll be like live. So um, for the time being, I guess I'll just have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned how you know playing live can be intense. Is it because of all that's what's going on? Is it nerves? Is it anxiety for you, or is it just you know that being on stage and, and performing and you want people to enjoy it? When you say intense, what do you mean by that? Um, more so because um, well, porn is intense anyway. I mean, I was thinking about this before actually. But I think the best way to describe touring to someone now who hasn't been on tour is it's almost like quarantine. It's very like quarantine, but you're with the same five people and you're in a van and you know you're in a you're in a small hotel room and you don't really get to see much of the outside world at all. You're just with these people in this confined space, and it is very much a quarantine tour, except the fact you know you don't really sleep a lot and you haven't got like you know, household things around you to make you comfortable. So I, I think it's intense in that way. And, you know, it's a strain on any musician's boring. So I think it just kind of exhausts you in the end. But, um, yeah, I don't know why it's intense. It's, it's more intense because, I'm, you know, I'm kind of playing a character on stage every night and then you kind of, you come out of it and you're just back to you again. So it's kind of, a bit like Jekyll and Hyde, I suppose. <laughs> do you enjoy morphing into that character, you know, when you do play? Is it a different feel for you? Is it kind of a release? Yeah, I enjoy it, and I think it's something that's quite necessary for me as a performer in order to deliver a performance, really. Um, I couldn't really go on stage again, how I couldn't really write a song fully just, you know, uh, me, not for the mysteries anyway, perhaps if I was writing stuff which is separate, maybe I could, but the mysteries have like a whole, um, it's a character in itself, I suppose. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a vibe rather than a, a quite, yeah, I don't know, really. It's just, it helps me perform. When you're writing music, getting back to that, and you have, you know, this, Jekyll and Hyde type of persona performing live and then, you know, outside of playing live. When you're writing, are you writing for yourself or are you writing for that character that's on stage? Um, both, I suppose. And kind of, it's an outlet for emotions that I've felt, but it's kind of portrayed in a way which isn't exactly, you know, maybe how they happened or maybe how exactly how I felt. It's kind of, more um, more like the character and what the character would do and um, maybe perhaps what certain movie characters would do or um, yeah the attributes of the personality reflect that because ultimately when you're writing lyrics you know you have to connect with them and if you have that stage persona you know when you're on stage and you have to perform and you have to sing those lyrics you know, there has to be that connection too. And I've, you know, read interviews, I've read articles about, 
you know, maybe a drummer writing the lyrics or the guitar player writing the lyrics, and the singer has to feel those lyrics. They have to perform that. Is it kind of the same thing when you're writing for, you know, when you're writing lyrics, you know, reading books or watching movies that inspire you for a song or life experiences, whatever it is, and then you have, you know, the the Leah Metcalf that goes on stage. Does does that Leah have to connect with, you know, or, or feel those lyrics, you know, when 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 she's performing? Well, I feel like I kind of do through through the character, and I suppose kind of, you know, I don't really get caught up too much on this character thing because, you know, it is me on stage, and I, I do. I'm expressing emotions through the lyrics that are honest completely. So um, it's more just like an it's more like an edge to it rather than you know fully me. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of times where you don't have to connect to the lyrics, and you know I think a lot of artists you know write songs where you you don't, you don't know where it's come from and you don't know what the experience is about, but you've written the song and the thing is once you've written a song, it, you know it's, I'm not precious about my songs really once I've written them it's kind of well you know I don't decide what that is it's just something that I've written that's now put into space you know what I mean it's kind of everyone else's side and that's the thing with all I don't think you can get too precious about it so yeah getting back to the Mysterines and getting back to the band itself what is the history of the band and how did the band form Um, well, we originally had a three-piece lineup, um, and then before the tour, we got a new drummer and a new guitar player. So um, we've been friends with them for quite a while now, and we work really creatively with them. And they're, you know, we have a great time. With them. Me and Callum write together now, which is um, great. So um, Paul and Callum are already members of the band, and. Yeah, it's just it's just a perfect lineup for us, and we. Um, so you guys went from a three-piece to a five-piece band. And from a three-piece to a four-piece. To, to a four-piece, okay. So how was that change? I mean, imagine you know you guys being a three-piece for a while and having that um, dynamic with writing and creating. You know, now that you have a new drummer and you have another guitar player, how has that changed the Mysterines in terms of? Creates a creative process and recording. It's been really positive for us and uh, really exciting. It's definitely added an extra element that um, I personally believe we were lacking for quite a while. And I'm just really excited to see what happens with it, I guess. Now, losing your drummer in the fall and having to replace the drummer. I mean, there's always that synergy that you have when you have, when you're creating and you're, you're rising up the ranks and you're performing and then someone leaves the band and you have to replace them. You add another element, you know, another guitar player to the band. How does that reset things in terms of figuring each other out, creating that synergy, creating that connection with each other? Is that a work in progress or did it happen immediately? Um, luckily it happened quite immediately and they both are perfect for the band and um, they've been our friends for a while and they've also come to see the band in previous times when we were a three-piece so 
they're quite aware of what of what the sound is and um they're both amazing musicians as well. Um and it yeah, it's just it's just perfect for us and, and we have the initial um energy that we did beforehand, if not better. So um yeah, it wasn't really a struggle or a working process. It was just more um exciting to have that thing. And how does it change in terms of, I mean, I imagine when you're recording, you know, you've got one guitar player, you know, and, and he plays the song, how he plays the song. You add another guitar player and there's more parts to, you know, record and, and, and figure out, you know, has that been seamless too as well? Has that been, um, has it made the songs that may be recorded as a three piece sound more full, sound more dynamic? How has that worked out for you guys? Yeah, I definitely made it sound more full. Um, and we recorded the new single with the musicians now that are from the new stuff. Um, so that was good fun recording it with them. Um, yeah, it just it just really works. There's no other way to put it, really. It just works, and it's perfect for us. So. You guys have a lot of momentum moving forward. Obviously, this pause in, in life and reality has affected a lot of bands momentum and a lot of bands plans for 2020. Um, but you guys, you know, have been, yeah. been gaining you know progress, you know, throughout the last couple of years in terms of the state of rock and roll, in terms of, you know, in the genre that you're in getting new music, being a new band to connect with an audience and grow your audience. What are some of the challenges that you guys face or some of the things that maybe you weren't prepared for when you guys started? Um, well, when I started the band, I was 14, so, I, you know, I, I suppose there's a lot of things you need to prep for in life, not just being in a band before you're 14 that you need to learn about. So, um, I definitely, if I could give myself advice, I definitely probably would um, say get someone to do the social media <laughs> a lot earlier than I did because it was a massive weight off my shoulders. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's only so much you can prepare for being in a band and um, sometimes the less you prepare for the big for the big moments that, you know, hit you, the better really because you learn from them, so... I don't think there's any way anyone could really prepare for a band. It's just the willingness and you've got to have the drive to do it. And if you don't have that and you're doing it for alternative reasons other than just enjoying music and enjoying writing, then you're definitely in the wrong game, I guess. As far as, though, getting your music out to people, I mean, you know, obviously there's a social media tool, but things are a lot different than when you were growing up watching your dad play and being around that. And being around when when you know that scene was active, things are much different now. There's there's really not an infrastructure for rock music as there was years ago, especially here in America. You know, there's you know rock radio doesn't exist anymore. There's no more MTV where bands had an outlet to have fans visually see them and visually absorb their music. You know, there's always the fan that doesn't know where to find new music. You know, there's so many platforms, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all that. How do you feel about 
you know, the state of rock and roll has, has, has the lack of infrastructure affected you or have you guys just adapted to what the current times are and dealt with it accordingly? Yeah, I suppose we just kind of adopted it and dealt with it. And we're all, you know, pretty young still, you know, in our teens, on it, still in our teens. So I guess um, all those things that you mentioned, we weren't used to having too much anyway. So um, our current reality is probably the one that we're most used to in terms of platforms for music. So, um, yeah, I, I think we just kind of play the game as we as we can really and I just kind of I don't really think too much about any any of this I just focus on on writing really and just being creative you know what is the plan for the mysteries once this is over are you guys going to hopefully tour the states you know to, you start playing gigs outside of the UK outside of Europe you know where do you guys stand with that yeah, I think we're actually planning to this year, but um, obviously the current situation is not, um, it's probably not going to allow that to happen, but um, it would be great to come to America. I've never been myself, um, and I'm, I've always kind of, you know, loved American music a lot more than British music, actually, and um, I've always been very intrigued by America and stuff, so I, I you know, I really like the USA, to be honest, and... Um, yeah, I think we it'd be great to come over. It'd be a dream, actually. So, yeah. Is the album that you guys are recording, are you expecting that to come out in 2020? Or is it something you're going to hold on to till 2021 till we kind of come out of this? Yeah, it'll probably be next year, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, there's a few more things that need to be in place. And obviously the current scenarios with the... Um, coronavirus is probably not the best time for an album out but um, yeah I should imagine next year and I'm really excited for it with this album I mean there's always the evolution of the artist the evolution of the band you know how has this recording process I mean obviously there's two new members in the band but in terms of recording what excites you about the new material that maybe was different than the previous singles and music that you recorded I just think it's more vital and it's more um, confident in what it is. I guess it's more, you know, defined, and from that you can you can communicate a lot more, and it's more sure of itself. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to kind of take a direct route and not look back really and not question it and just be very black and white about what we are because I think that's what we are like anyway. So if the music can convey that, then that's um, the best scenario. You know, I imagine anytime you're working on something new, there's an excitement about it, right? You want to get it out to the people. You want to get it out to your fans. You want to grow your fan base, you know, and especially now with the excitement of having two new members and maybe not, not changing your sound, but adding to your sound. So I imagine, you know, wanting people to hear it, you know, having that outlet for you know, acceptance is, is important and vital for you guys too as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, it, 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 it definitely changed the sound having the community members, but it's, um, it's been positive and it's, you know, me and Alan work really well 
creatively together so we can kind of um, convey what, what we know how to convey it um, correctly because there's some things you'll know about guitars that I won't and there's some things that I will probably know about, you know, um, melodies or, or whatever that he owns and it combines together. It just it just re- works really well because we both got the same same goals with, with what we want to achieve in the song. So it's definitely changed the sound and made it more full and, you know, all of that, but it's also made it a lot more of a positive experience, right? And, and I suppose less, a less isolated experience of writing because when I was when we were three piece, it was just it was a lot me to write. But now I'm able to share creative ideas with another member who is as creative. So it's only a positive thing. Well, I look forward to the new music. I look forward to guys what you know to see you guys grow into what you're, you're what you're becoming. Uh, obviously, we have the situation here where everything's on pause, but you know next year, you know we'll be here before we know it. Hopefully this will be past us and we'll be able to get on with our life, however, you know, with the new normal that is. But, Leah, I thank you for doing this. Uh, I've been a big fan of you guys, and I hope at one point you do play the States and you do come to Chicago because I think it would be awesome. Yeah, cool. Great. Thanks so much for having me, and um, stay safe. Once again, everybody, that's Leah Metcalf from the band The Mysterines. Check out their latest single, Love's Not Enough. There's also some other singles, namely Who's Your Girl, Take Control. Really great music. I think you'll enjoy it. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay healthy, stay safe, everybody, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.